Hello and welcome to the Spotlight Podcast. My name is Christina Kerr. I'm the content manager at Spotlight. And today we're talking all things commercial castings. To talk about this topic with us today, we have Alex Wheeler, who works at the award-winning Martin Gibbons Casting. Alex talks to us all about how commercial castings are a little different to other kinds of castings and gives a few of his tips so that you can succeed in this very time-pressured type of audition. A quick reminder that we'll be calling for your questions for upcoming podcasts, so keep an eye on our Instagram and Twitter pages if you would like to get your questions to our future guests. For now, take a listen to this episode with Alex. Alex, thank you so much for joining us on the Spotlight Podcast. That's all right. And also bringing your friend, Chicken. Yep. Chicken the Whippet. <laughs> yeah. It's been very exciting for us in the office today to have you and your dog Yeah, with he's us. my assistant. Your assistant. <laughs> he's lovely. Um, if anyone is listening and wants to see a picture of Chicken, it will be on our Instagram, so you can check out Chicken later. But anyway, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to start, Alex, by asking you about casting and what drew you to working in casting in the first place. Um, I I had a theatre company years ago and I, we would do uh, productions and rehearse readings and stuff like that and I'd cast one at the old Vic that they were doing and it was just I just quite enjoyed the process of it. Obviously, there's not a lot of money in theatre, <laughs> so <laughs> I decided to try and get into the sort of broadcast side of it instead, so um, so I did. So you did? Yeah. And you work for Martin Givens Casting. Mm-hmm. What is that like? What kinds of projects are you have you been working on? So we do um, millions of commercials. Um, we've done literally like hundreds and hundreds of them. Um, and we do short films and some theatre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mainly commercials, really. Right, and that's kind of part of why I asked you in today because mm. you're actually holding a session with us yeah. at our upcoming open house yeah. on commercial casting auditions. Yeah. Um, I kind of think that's probably a good place for people to start, really, because um, people are very interested in working in commercials but maybe don't understand the difference between a commercial casting and other kinds of casting. Can you start us off by explaining what you think the main differences are? Between, particularly between doing a commercial and doing other kinds of TV, for instance. Yeah, it's quite different, really. A lot of the, the skill base is the same uh, for the actor, but I think that you have to have a, quite a different mindset when you're entering the world of commercials from a, an actor's point of view. I think uh, some actors struggle with it because they're looking for something that's not there. Right. Or, or that's not always there. Sometimes it is. Sometimes a commercial is extremely demanding um, acting-wise. Right. But obviously sometimes it's um, jumping up and down with a <laughs> sign in your hand or yeah. um, buying a pie from the supermarket or right. just not like, you know, what what feels like nothing. But it's um, entering into it with a mindset that, uh, well, like a relaxed mindset and not looking for it to be Chekhov. Yeah, right. It's a very different beast. Yeah, and it's well, it's it's a commercial. Yeah, it's literally a commercial <laughs> venture. So yeah. it's best to uh, just understand that and accept that, mm-hmm. and understand that the casting will be a lot quicker than a theatre or TV one. Um, you might not get as many takes, you know, as many chances. Yeah, because um, a lot of it is very much about luck. Um, decisions of which are made by people who some of us will never meet who are in different countries often um so you mustn't take it personally because it's really really not yeah 
Well, let's get into that a bit more in a second. But I kind of want to go back to something you just said there—that it's really quick mm. compared to other kinds of casting. Mm. Can you take us through a little bit, like how projects actually come to you and and what that sort of timeline looks like? Yeah. So it does vary, and if ideally we would have there would be um, decent prep time set out in the pre-production of the commercial, but often they're very fast turnaround. So we would get um, the fees and the casting brief sometimes a couple of days before we're doing the actual casting session. Right. So, uh, and that we wouldn't be able to do it really any nearer to the session than that because we wouldn't have time for the agents to suggest um, their clients and to then invite all those clients to come and meet us. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, it's all... Uh, it's done very very fast I don't know always the reason for that but I think some of it's certainly money isn't it because the the less time people are engaged on a job the the least you have to pay them yeah so it's just a, a quite often a very fast process and then the actual uh, day itself the they often the appointments have to be short because you might be seeing five or six characters in a day right which obviously you wouldn't do for um, TV really yeah um, or theatre, because you'd look at sort of 15, 20-minute appointments on you and take it a right, bit easier, which when we cast film, we do. But um, And also sometimes it's it's just you don't need very long often because obviously the final thing is 30 seconds long generally. Yeah. So, or even if it's longer, the person's performance in it generally isn't that long. So we don't, we wouldn't need 20 minutes. We would, we, you wouldn't be able to do that many takes. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, particularly if you're like casting a whole family or something for, yeah. for a commercial. You've got yeah. so many different people and they're only maybe saying one or two things. Yeah, and generally they're not the star because the product is. So right, if there's a family sat on the couch, it's the couch that's actually <laughs> right. the focus. <laughs> the couch is the star. Well, really, yeah. Cause we cast a lot of bed commercials <laughs> as well. And, like it, It's the bed like, yeah. that, that they're trying to sell, isn't it? Not the people in it. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you actually finally receive that project brief and you do start to look for people mm. what's that process like in terms of I mean you must get hundreds of submissions mm. for each character and ultimately as you say they're only going to be saying one or two things maybe yeah how on earth do you start that narrowing down process is it first just based on the look or are you looking for like authenticity of some other kind like how, what's that process actually like it really depends on what the brief is actually so there's a few factors involved in that like a few possibilities really so if you're sending out a brief that's very good money mm -hmm. then you're going to be looking at a higher level of agent right like this is quite an awkward conversation isn't it really but it's true mm. um because the, the narrowing down has to happen somehow um also if a brief is very very wide which often it is in commercial so 30 to 35 year old woman Right, um, of any description. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Like, and we'll wrangle for hours or days to get more information and we don't always get it. So we'll have to either make a judgment call or right. see a variety of people. Um, you know, in that case, a, a brief like that, or say the, the probably the widest one, if you did sort of 20 to 25-year-old uh, female, mm -hmm. you're going to get, at, like, thousands of suggestions. Of course. So then we have to narrow it down often by agent. If it's a very specific look, then the look would come first because we need them to look like that more than we need to know about other stuff, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so that's probably a good thing to note is that it's not necessarily whether or not you've got like an incredible crazy CV no. behind you. If, for instance, it's look-driven. Yeah. 
what you've done before is probably not so relevant. Yeah, and the demands of the job make a, a difference because you might there might not really be any acting involved. It might right. just be a physical score. You might actually just be putting something on a table. <laughs> right, of course. Fairly neutrally. And yeah. then you don't, you don't need to be able to yeah. create a meaningful character or anything. It doesn't <laughs> right. make any difference. Um, but yeah, we would once we've put it out, we generally send our breakdowns to everyone. Um, we sometimes um, will restrict them geographically, so we would just send them to London or just to Manchester, for instance, or whichever city it is. Um, but generally we send them to, to everyone. But it, again, it really depends on what the brief is, because if it's too wide, then we can't really, because it's just going to attract too many suggestions and we just won't be able to look at them. Yeah. We could, we've, you know, in the past we've sent out things and we've got, you know, thousand suggestions per roll. Right. Yeah, of course. And given the timescale that you've got to work with, that's just not doable. Well, you just can't. You, you just physically can't. don't have time yeah. to look. So then you, if in that case you are going to start having to narrow it down through some means, and that often is agent. And say you've kind of got past that point and you do have like a whole selection of people in front of you, mm. is it the headshot then that's sort of the next thing that you're looking at and it's just a matter of does this person suit that or...? I mean, I'll be honest, like a lot of people, you just sort of know of them anyway. So, right. Like from your knowledge of doing it for ages. But um, if, yeah, we'll ideally look at CVs and reels if possible. Um, but yeah. again, depends on what they're doing because it might not matter if they could act or not. Right, of course. <laughs> or, yeah. But if, if there's specific requirements, if they're singing, I want to know that there's some they evidence that they can do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, if their role is particularly sort of theatrical or mm-hmm. um, stylized, then some theatre background is really helpful in that or training, um, conservatoire training is mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah. So yeah, you, it just really depends on what the brief is, but you're just trying to look for the relevant information relevant to support info. their mm-hmm. cause. Yeah. Um, really. Yeah. yeah. So then say you've narrowed it down, how many people are you likely to sort of actually bring in and see? Between eight and 12. Okay. Probably. So it's... A much smaller number, obviously. It's very, very small, and that, and that's one thing that people must also remember that when you get to the casting stage, you, you're already in an extremely small shortlist. Yeah, of course. Out of what might have been six hundred people, so there's so no... you've already done amazingly well to get to that point. Um... Yeah, based on things that are totally out of your control. But... Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like you're there, like you've got, you've now got a high the... chance of getting the job. So the shot, there's no yeah. need to be nervous about it. Like we obviously want you to come and succeed so yeah of course so I want to kind of go into that then a bit more because obviously one of the questions we get a lot is about making a good impression in the room like mm. physically once you've actually managed to get past that whole process yes. what do you think makes the difference between like a good impression and a bad impression well nerves are just awful really yeah for, for everyone it, it, we can deal with that if it's just us and the actor we can navigate that much easier um, by just putting them at ease. But often with commercials, there are quite a lot of people in the room. Mm. There could be eight people sat there. And, you know, they could be looking at laptops and not really paying attention. And so bringing that nervous energy in is, is always counterproductive for any performance, isn't it, of any style, really? Yeah. Um, that's also something that people have to overcome through time and practice. For sure. Um, I think having any sort of attitude about what it is is 
a slightly astonishing because you must have known what it was before you came. <laughs> oh, you mean like a bad attitude oh, to yeah. the product or something? Yeah. It's okay. very rare, but it happens. Oh dear, yeah. Yeah, where it's but like, I'm too good to do this. Or something. Oh, I, I see. Think, well, well, I didn't force you to come. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but the thing is, you need to be relaxed and confident. I think it's like showing that side of yourself that um, you would show if you were working in retail or that sort of thing, that warm, open, friendly, professional side of yourself that's relaxed and ready to do whatever ridiculous thing we're going to ask you to do. <laughs> yeah, right. So some enthusiasm and kind of... Yeah, but it has to. it just has to be real. It has to be calm. You have to be just ready to do it and be friendly and just all the normal things that we will be to you. Right. <laughs> yeah. So with a commercial as opposed to like a short film, yeah. It I suppose it's not quite as important to kind of like demonstrate your entire personality no. up front and have a whole chat or anything like that. Or do what do you think? Well, it's I suppose it's two different things because with a short film, it's a much slower pace, isn't it? So mm. you or any film it's much slower pace generally for a, for a you know, decent cast part. So you're automatically entering into a much slower pace of interaction. So it's just automatically generally more relaxed anyway because yeah. it doesn't have that frantic time pressure in a reception totally. full of people that you're trying to get through and <laughs> yeah. all that. Um, I think I asked mostly because I know that we get asked a lot, like, should I make small talk or should I, you know, talk about myself a bit before I just launch into um, my audition? That's a sort of common question that we get. But I, I think suppose you, in you've the... just got to go with whatever's happening in the room. Right. You, the, the, the casting director will normally solicit chat if they want If they that. want chat, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we always do because that's how we would relax the person coming into the room. Of course. I don't want them to like, just bring them in and stand them in the corner and make them perform. Yeah, start. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about with um, younger performers? Because I, I, I've noticed, obviously, you guys have cast um, things for like CBBS and things mm. like that. Um, what's the difference with a younger performer? Is there a difference? Not really, no. They just come in and kind of do the same sort of things. Uh, yeah, I mean, with uh, smaller children, nerves can be just debilitating and there's no possibility of performance. Right. And in that situation, we don't put them under any sort of pressure whatsoever. If they don't want to do it, they absolutely don't have to. Of course. Well, that applies to adults as well. Like, yeah. You don't have to do anything. Um, generally, it's like quite fun, really, because yeah. they're tend to view it like play more. Yes. Which is actually the ideal that acting training as an adult is leading towards, isn't it? That you right. enter into a, a process um, like a child in a, in a way with the with joy. <laughs> do you think there's something that parents can do to help in terms of preparing their kids or do you have any advice to parents? Um, well, I'm not a parent, so I don't have any specific parenting advice. But <laughs> in terms of this... Um, I think it's. I really like meeting the parents who are, are really not that bothered whether the kid gets the job or not. Right, they're like just relaxed. The kid themselves. is into it and wants to do acting and enjoys doing these sorts of things, and they bring them and then they take them to badminton or take right. them out for their tea or whatever. Um, I, I think it's best to keep it like that because it. it you can't put too much weight on it, particularly in commercials when decisions are being made on just things that they really, really can't control. Of course, It would yeah. be really easy for them to take it too seriously or internalise it. So I, I just think it's important for children and parents and everyone to um, just take it for what it is. 
yeah. and just come in and have fun and go again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just treat it like a not like the be all and and be all and end all. Well, it's absolutely not the be all and end all. Yeah, it really, really isn't. Yeah, it's just a job interview. Or yeah. if it's a kid, it might just be a laugh. They might just actually be running in and jumping on a couch. Or something. Right, <laughs> so exactly. So it's probably just a bit of fun. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. and you should just treat it like that, I think. Okay, so that's and, good advice to parents to just maybe, yeah, treat it as a fun thing for your child if they're interested in acting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's the best way to help prepare them. But yeah, I just would avoid doing anything that applies any pressure to their success within it because it, there's, there's just not really, they don't really have any control over it. Right. Yeah, that's a good lesson for everyone. <laughs> Just yeah. got to go with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you explain to us a little bit about penciling? Mm. And I know that's kind of a controversial oh, yeah. topic and it makes yeah. lots of actors quite upset. Yeah. Um, what's your view on navigating that or how does that work? So if I talk specifically from commercials yeah. and not film, we would we might see 300 people. Right. 200 people, 100 people, a lot of people. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's not realistic for a lot of casting directors and casting companies to give feedback on everyone from the first round. It, it would take all day. Right. Um, and I, I don't know whether that is reasonable at that stage. I'm not saying I don't think it's reasonable. I'm saying mm. I don't know. Um, when people have come to recall, I think you need to communicate with them about whether they've got it or not. Right. The problem is that we are only able to pass on information that we're being given. So if there is no information, I can keep saying there's no information, but I I actually sometimes don't know. Right. Sometimes people get confirmed the day before the shoot. And so they have been on pencil for quite a long time, and those pencils still stand if they choose to honour them. I think that... Uh, Ideally, people will communicate, and if people are now not successful, then you uh, you definitely need to tell them, particularly if they've been to a recall, because mm-hmm. they've invested more time now. I agree with what um, the actors are, are saying about it. It's a bit rude mm. to just suddenly just say nothing after the first round, I think. Yeah. I, it's just a lot of the time in commercials, it's just not realistic for us to be able to do it. Yeah. There's just so many people. But the 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 trouble comes from <clears throat> that the um, we just don't know the answer. Right. <laughs> so you're on right. pencil because no one's been confirmed. I think the issue though that a lot of people have is that someone has been confirmed and then the other people are not being communicated with, and that isn't fair. Right. So I then see. you're on pencil for something that doesn't exist anymore because someone else is doing it. I see. So right. I think so that's probably the most contentious um, and annoying thing that you're being kept hanging on for nothing yeah um but a lot of the time the delays are to do with communication f- to us right because we can't confirm people we don't cast the people we don't so decide it's the information from producers or directors or someone else well yeah from production companies, production companies or agencies yeah so mm-hmm. we we just we don't make the final decision so we can only confirm if we're told to right Mm, that's good for people to know that it's, you know, it's kind of a bigger web, a production. It really is, It's yeah. not just the casting person has no, not told No, and me. although from our perspective, because obviously we're thinking about the performers and the casting, a, a, a producer is dealing with all of the strands of the production. So mm-hmm. the production design, the costume, they're having to hire all of the, the uh, people to do all these separate jobs, aren't they? The crew, the lighting, the sound, everyone. 
So it is just one strain of a very, very massive project for often one or two individuals. Right. And they're waiting for decisions, often from the end client. So that would be the supermarket or the car company or whoever. Yes. It's them uh, generally who are going to cast the person and that's the information that we're waiting for. And they're not in the same pressure as the rest of us because they don't, they don't feel like they have to be, I don't think. Right. One thing that's probably good to mention there, actually, in terms of talking about like the brand itself mm. that, that you're working for ultimately yeah. uh, in creating the commercial is that I th- sometimes um, we actually had Esther Charkham on a podcast mm. a while ago and she mentioned the fact that she'd had a client who went for a soft drink mm. ad and hadn't told her as the agent that he was doing that. She was quite upset because that meant that he could never do any other mm. soft drinks. Yes, That's probably an important thing to mention to actors is that if you've been in an Evian ad, you can't then go do another water brand. Yeah, or most of them they lines. want they don't want any conflicting commercials for two or three years. Right. So okay. yeah, if you we have had that situation come up before that they've neglected to tell us or the agent has forgotten or they they're a new client to the agent and right. then that information has not been passed on and then we're getting videos sent to us from YouTube of this person they want to cast in the rival companies commercial. Right, which they can't do. Well, they won't do, will they? Why would yeah. they want to? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Why would they want to you do can't that? be the face of a conflicting no, sort of brand. No, but then it, sometimes it will just come down to how featured they are as well, because obviously we never know until a final edit how much actually someone is in it. And if, if they're not really in it or they look very different, it might not matter. But if they are featured as, you know, representing the brand, then no, no one's going to want to cast them. So it's important to tell the actors that if you've been in some commercials... You should really communicate that. Yeah, to your I mean, major. there'd be a lot of absolutely because there'd be a lot of commercials in that case. If you did have, if you had done quite a few commercials, there'd be a lot of castings that you wouldn't get submitted for by your agent because it would be conflicting. Right. So that if you were just filmed the um, a Cardo advert, they're not going to sub you for the Sainsbury's one. Right. Of course. I want to touch on something you kind of mentioned before, which is the attitude thing mm. of something maybe being beneath you in quotation marks Mm. as an actor what do you say to that because it seems to me that actually commercials are often they can kind of be a make or break thing too you know Mm. if you're in the john lewis ad for christmas or something obviously that's massive yeah commercials can be yeah they can tiny they can be huge yeah um what do you think about that in terms of acting performing performances is there an art to commercial I think acting. there's. I think. I mean, acting is acting in a way, but I think that the the sort of interpersonal professional skills are. You just have to slightly adjust those to play the game of commercials a bit more, right? Because we're not just dealing within the creative world. That world in commercials is then expanded out to um, clients and people who are not in the creative field. Mm-hmm. They work in an office at a brand. Yes. <laughs> um, so. I think if you do feel that way, and mm. you can um, feel that way if you want, uh, don't come in. Yeah. <laughs> don't maybe, maybe don't submit yourself. You. Yeah. Don't <laughs> just don't get involved. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, it, it's quite rare that it happens, but they, we have had a few things like that, and I've thought, well, that's not really fair, is it? Because it was quite clear what it was. Yeah, you weren't. It, it literally says on spotlight commercial. <laughs> yeah. Like so, I'd I'd think that's not fair because we're human beings too. Like I'm, I don't want to have people treat me horribly at work any more than anyone else does. <laughs> of course. Yeah, and you can detect 
like a bad attitude, really, if it's in the room. Yeah, and it can be for a thousand reasons, of of course. course. I don't know that it's always for those reasons, but it it can sometimes manifest itself like that. Um, Just like nerves can sometimes manifest themselves as sort of aggression or... Yeah, for sure. So I'm not psychic, so I don't know what they're actually thinking. (laughs) I want to ask you one other thing about, you know, just sort of the art of casting, I guess. What is your take on, like, diversity and inclusivity for for casting, I don't know, for instance, like families and things like that? Do you have sort of a view? Do you try to push for sort of more inclusive casting? What's the take on that? Or is it very much it comes from the brand, they dictate what kind of person does this thing? Yeah, it generally comes from the brand. Uh, However, we will push back if we can't see any reason for it. Right. Yeah, that's uh, very difficult for commercials because we're not the gatekeepers of that problem, unfortunately. Like, because obviously we're working to a casting brief. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to find whoever they've asked us to find. Yeah. Um, That doesn't mean that we can't go back and we do go back and say, why are they all... Caucasian, what's that got to do with anything? Right. That sometimes can be to do with them it being shown in a particular market or a particular region. Mm-hmm. So it could actually just be to do with that. It can be to do with demographic of their um, customer, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know loads about that side of it, obviously, because that's all happened before it gets to me. What I think about diversity and inclusion are that those are two completely different things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, we, we do see diversity uh, which is tends to be sort of box ticking exercises and I think inclusivity is is trying to change systems and mentalities so that things are actually accessible I think that one is active and the other yeah. one isn't it's not quite so but the other one's a bit sort of look how diverse we are <laughs> right um, but the, the answer to the casting bit is yeah we would try to do everything we can but ultimately it's not up to us. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, there are many factors. Yeah, but it has changed a lot over the last few years. There's loads more... Um, uh, I'm going to use the word diversity because it's appropriate in this case. Yes. And um, There is more diversity in um, representation in uh, commercials we've seen. Okay, yeah. We've got something slightly new today for our okay. podcast, which is that we've put a call out on Instagram okay. for some questions. So we have a question yeah. from Instagram... For you, Alex. Okay. Um, it comes from Aoife Bradley. She says, hello, I've just moved to London and I'm hoping to start auditioning. What are the first steps to getting an agent? What do you think? Hmm. It, well, it will depend entirely on what is on Aoife's CV. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, as... Do you think commercials are a good way in to actually getting representation down the track? Well, I think it's changed now really that most agents will just consider commercials as part of the income so I I think it would be just as hard to get an agent to represent you for those as any other agent. Right it's a bit of a chicken and the egg thing because you did did mention before that um, sometimes you look at particular agents to Mm. suggest people for certain parts so you kind of in that case already need to have had the agent. Well, yeah, before you get the commercial. Yeah, it's like the old sort of equity card thing, isn't it, where you'd have to work to get an equity card. But how do you work if you don't have an equity card? Yes. Um, it depends on, on what... It really depends on what is on the CV. Because if they've got, like, conservatoire training, they're in with a bigger shot. Right. If they've got some credits, they're in with a bigger shot. But it really is chicken and egg. I'd, I'd, you actually have to have something to offer this person to sell. Right. <laughs> Really, but mm. that's probably more a question for an agent actually than 
than, than for me. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, actually, maybe that kind of inspires me to ask you one other thing about that, actually. Does it matter if someone has worked much in the UK or if they have like an accent or English as their second language? Does that matter much uh, to you? Only if they're speaking in the commercial, in which case their accent might be desirable and, right. and necessary. Uh, often people aren't speaking in commercials, so mm. then... They're jumping on the who couch. Cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're jumping on the couch, then, you no, can we do see anything. people from absolutely all over the place because it makes absolutely no difference. Right. At well. all. Um, no, so no, it doesn't matter. Uh, but sometimes we're actually actively looking for people who have that accent. Of so course, then I'm right. like, ah, oh, where are all the people with a Slovenian <laughs> accent? Yeah. So if you have a Slovenian accent, maybe just let us know on yeah. Spotlight <laughs> that you're ready. Yeah. Well, that's fabulous. I have one last question, which kind of relates to your session that you're holding. Mm. Um, you're giving audition advice. Do you have any final advice that you would give to actors in terms of navigating the commercial audition process and succeeding? Um be the version of yourself that is warm and appealing. Uh, be professional. Be friendly. And try to take direction quickly because right. we are under a massive time pressure so it would, it's ideal not to think about it too much and just, just do it because um, it, it doesn't require a load of character preparation generally. Right. It's literally what we just said. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, the energy. Just... Yeah, it's like I just, just do what I just said. That's all I, I mean. Um, yeah, just try to enjoy it and definitely don't take it too seriously. Mm. Or too personally. Absolutely don't, don't take it personally. It's not personal. It, it, hardly ever is it personal. So, yeah, you mustn't do that. And that's the case for any acting job. It's hardly ever personal. The myriad of reasons why people get chosen for things, and generally it's things they can't do anything about. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much, Alex. That's great advice. That's all right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Spotlight Podcast. That's all for now from the home of casting. Don't forget, if you have any questions or people you'd like us to speak to in future episodes of the podcast, you can hit us up on Twitter at Spotlight UK or drop us an email at questions at spotlight.com. 